0: So many memories have come flooding back. I put
1: this on and repeat, just crying my eyes out. It
0: made me feel so bloody alive. This
1: song really nails the feeling of nostalgia for a
0: place. And we all just stopped talking and just stared at the radio, yeah. like, what is that? It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it. I, I love, love, love that love song it. so much. Out of
1: the box, meet people through their music with Ash Berdebez on FBI.
0: So today on Out of the Box, it's time for something completely different. My guest is Icelandic producer, pianist, composer, Oliver Arnolds, and he's one of my all-time favorite artists, but you know, I'm not even nervous at all, because... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm, I'm less nervous than I would be, because I've been listening to his music a lot over the past couple of days, and it's left me slightly more calm, and more collected, and, uh, and, and full of hope than I would Good. usually be. Welcome on, on Out you. of the Box. Thanks Oliver. for having me. I understand you haven't slept at all and you've just come here straight from Bali. Yeah. Apparently you have a massive fan base in Indonesia.
2: Um. Yeah, it looks like. I've never played there though.
0: I think you might have ever heard your own music being played.
2: Yeah, I think that happened also last time I was there. But I, I was staying at this hotel which has a yoga studio attached to it and... And the other day, I was eating breakfast on the roof, and I just heard something really familiar. <laughs> so the whole the whole yoga class was my music. But I, apparently, a lot of yoga teachers are using. I've I've actually also been in a yoga class where my music comes on, and the teacher didn't realize that I was in the class. <laughs> That has happened more than once, by the way. And and then just at
0: home, casually, get out the mat and put on your own music and do some yoga. Super super relaxing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It totally takes you out of the zone, actually. (laughs) It's very distracting.
0: (laughs) Today, we've got everything from, you know, kind of some pretty filthy synth to some absolutely beautiful, delicate piano music. So this is almost a bit of a, a recent musical biography of sorts. You've brought in something from each of your projects. So let's start with something which will be probably our only song with lyrics from this show, A Stutter.
2: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to choose a song with um, one of, you know, my collaboration with Arnold Dan, um, the singer uh, who's with me on For Now I Am Winter, the album, and he also sings the end credits theme and broadshirts. So I just wanted to put one of our collaboration in here, and this has actually become my favorite song of our collaboration and probably my favorite song of, of that album.
0: Actually, you and <clears throat> you and Arnold Dan have kind of a, a vaguely similar history because you were a drummer in hardcore bands mm-hmm. and he is a singer in Agent Fresco.
2: <coughs> yeah, which is a kind of a heavy rock band. Yeah, um, that's they fantastic. just released a new album, by the way, which is amazing. It's called Destrier, uh, just came out. It's a really good album. And this is...
0: Absolutely nothing like that. No, uh, it's a not. <laughs> <laughs> and this this has this beautiful moment in it where it's um you can kind of hear at the end of this line that he says this, uh, "Pull me under the cold, charred sea, and there's this breath. and mm. the the music kind of relents for a moment. And that's one of one of my all-time favorite moments.
2: this was actually I think it was the first song that we did together for the for the album. Originally, the song was not meant to have any vocals on it. I had finished the song. And then I just sent it to him and said, hey, if you have an idea, feel free to sing something over it. He came to the studio and he improvised this melody, like without the lyric. Um, And he just improvised something on the spot. And that was, we never really changed the melody after that.
0: God, he's good. Oliver Arnold is my guest today on Out of the Box.
1: Thank you. started
0: Beautiful stuff just there from my guest on Out of the Box today. You're listening to FBI 94.5. My name's Ash Bez and his is Oliver Arnold's. And the voice you heard on that track was not his. It was Arnold Dan, who is another Icelander. You were just saying that moment that I mentioned before, the the, the breath, uh, that wasn't on purpose.
2: No. And, and I think I just noticed it really for the first time. No, I thought you were talking about something completely different before. Um, it's interesting because that breath coincides with one of the few moments of the song where the orchestra has a rest. The breath has a, a just this space, you know. Uh, the arrangement was actually really interesting as well. I had help from um, another collaborator, Nico Muli, for the orchestral arrangement. So there's like the the chamber arrangement, which I did, and then in the background is this texture from an orchestra. And Nico Muley did that. And what makes this especially interesting is that this rest in that orchestral arrangement is also accidental because he arranged the orchestra without listening to the song. <laughs> we ah. we tried we decided <laughs> to do a little experiment with the song and um, there's this one note that goes through the whole song. It's, a, it's, that, it's an F. It starts with a peep and then um, I only gave him that peep, the F. I didn't give him the song. I just gave him one note and I said it's three and a half minutes or however long it is. And he just orchestrated that F for three and a half minutes.
0: Amazing! So, so basically, you're like playing games with each other yes. in order to make music. Yeah. Do and, you do that often?
2: Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, you know you get uh, by doing these experiments and improvising and and trying weird shit out, then you get these interesting results that you would never get otherwise. And I think this is this is my favorite arrangement of the whole album actually, and it would have never happened this way if we had gone the traditional way about it.
0: So by not trying. You make something beautiful. Yeah. Accidents. Happy accidents. accidents. Yeah. Actually, speaking of happy accidents, we should probably go to our next song in a moment. And it's from a recent collaboration with Alice Sarah Ott. Wonderful pianist.
2: She is. Absolutely amazing.
0: amazing. This is actually you guys covering Chopin's music in a way that I've not heard before.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't really call it covering because it's just interpretations like they do in classical music. Um, But... We decided to do it a little bit different. I was a little bit tired of hearing the way classical music has always been recorded. You know, kind of the same way you always have a perfect Steinway grand piano in a perfect concert hall. And these really high quality microphones to pick it up and everything is super perfect. And, you know, there's some really great recordings out there. but. Um, no one really was changing the, the recipe for it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's a matter of trying to hide the tools you're using mm-hmm. and that yes, is Yes, that that's good.
2: exactly that what they do, you know, it's it's purist recording. Everything's supposed to sound exactly as you would hear it with your ears. Um, but that to me is ignoring a very important piece of music making today, which is the equipment you use. Um, today, music making is basically producing, usually. Uh, you you write music in a studio, and when you write when you're writing the music, you're already designing the sound of the music. When you write on a synthesizer, you have to spend time to create what sound is that synthesizer going to play before you even have a melody. So I wanted to take the piano, Chopin's pieces, into that idea. Um, we can really enhance the feeling from the pieces by changing the sound of the of the piano or. Or utilizing the microphones in interesting ways or recording equipment effects and and even adding some textures like string arrangements and stuff like that on top of it.
0: What kind of things are you trying to capture on microphone that usually probably wouldn't appear in a traditional recording of Chopin?
2: Well with the piano we um, what we mostly did was that we put felt on the piano which is a type of of dampening uh, makes the piano very quiet and soft and when the piano goes so quiet we have to put the microphones very close to the piano to pick up the sounds but what happens then is that all the sound the extra sounds of the piano the creaking of the stool and the breathing of the pianist alice and the the sound of the hammers and the keys you start hearing all those things uh, these are these are things that uh, usually in recordings people are trying to hide because they're extra sounds they're not meant to be there yeah um, but for us, me and Alice, we, we thought these sounds are what really makes the recording human. You can hear that there is someone playing a piano. It's like you're sitting next to them. And that way you're really enhancing the whole emotion of the piece.
0: So you didn't have to convince Alice at all that, no, your breath needs to stay in the piece. <laughs>
2: Actually, that was funny. Um, w- when we did the first first piece, um, she did the first take of the first piece we recorded, which I think was Nocturne uh, in G minor. Um, she finished the first take, and I said, "Hey, Alice, wow, you're you're humming along with the music." And she was like, "Oh shit, sorry, I'll I'll try to I'll try to stop that." I was like, "No, no, no, keep going." And then I went to the piano and I moved the microphones a little bit closer to her face <laughs> to get more of it because I thought it was just so beautiful. When you listen back to it, you can hear that there's a human behind the piano, and you feel like you're there with them, and you can feel their energy.
0: Let's take that song, Eyes Shut, Nocturne in C Minor. Olaf Reynolds and Alice Sarah Ott. You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5 and my guest in the studio today is Olafur Arnolds. He is a composer, a producer and uh, that was his work with Alice Sarah Ott. With Chopin it's kind of like creating this weird illusion that it's like an unbroken line of sound. It's not kind of like that plodding kind of piano that i I don't know i don't listen to much classical music so it probably sounds very silly
2: no chopin is very flowing and and even some bars he might you know he might squeeze in like 50 notes but still it doesn't feel like 50 notes it just feels like one movement
0: how did you originally get listening to chopin well
2: i kind of grew up with him around me um especially at my grandparents house my grandma was a big fan of, of chopin and
0: what was your grandma like
2: uh she was very sweet uh my biggest fan <laughs> my biggest supporter uh she actually even supported me financially on my first tours because she was like she wanted to give away her inheritance before she died because then she can get the feedback for it you know the thank you <laughs> 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 so, Crofty, <yeah>. so <laughs> i like that yeah. um so she, she was always like front row on my concerts and buying several albums so she could also give them to her friends. And a very sweet woman, very giving and very loving and caring.
0: Uh, Number one sponsor. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And and apart from that, just a a very generous person in general. Everyone really liked her. But and then when she she passed away, um, we hired a a pianist for the funeral to play to play Chopin, actually played a whole repertoire of Chopin pieces. Um, And I think that's when I really started to appreciate it, you know, when you when you've lost something, you try to find something to to hold on to it. And in my case, that was that was Chopin's music.
0: That's lovely.
2: But see, mm. uh, you know, she was much more supportive of my classical music than the other stuff I was doing. <laughs> than yeah. your hardcore drumming. Yeah. It's like, hey, Nana, look what I made! Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what is this <laughs> <It's> noise? <demonic. laughs>
2: um, but you know, I wouldn't say she pushed me or anything, but she was very supportive of this, and 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 that meant a lot to me.
0: Yeah, and I'm, you are to an extent classically trained, but not not to a huge extent.
2: Very little, actually. Mm. Um, my most of my formal training was on percussion and jazz-oriented music school.
0: I think we should take a absolute complete change of direction for a moment mm. and play something by Kaiasmos. So Kaiasmos is a collaboration. And how how did you end up meeting Janus Rasmussen?
2: Um, well, we've been kind of best friends for quite a few years now maybe eight years or so he moved he's not from Iceland he's from Faroe Island and he moved to Iceland like eight or nine years ago and he was in a band there uh, called Blood Group uh, who were really popular electro pop and uh, at the time I wasn't really living off my music yet and I was working as a sound guy sound technician at, at this local venue I was just
0: it. What doing, was the venue like? Um, it
2: was Quite small, like 250 capacity, but very good. We had a good sound system and it, we had really good bands on every week. <coughs> Actually, Did we it? had Franz Ferdinand once. That was like the high point. They <laughs> wow. played a 250 capacity venue in Iceland. Wait,
0: what's this venue called? <coughs>
2: it was called Organ. And is it still in existence? No, it burnt down. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but after after we closed, we closed it and and, and then... Someone else opened the venue in there and it burnt down in very suspicious circumstances. I think they were trying to get insurance money. But Yannis's band was playing there and and I liked their music and they liked, they liked how they sounded in there. So um, they invited me to come on tour with them and I was doing their sound on tour. And on the tour bus, me and Yannis started talking about electronic music. And we discovered a common love for, you know, four on the floor beats and, you know, minimalist stuff and started just playing around, making music, but always just as friends, you know, not really with any plans to release anything until uh, last year when we decided to take some time out and do a proper album.
0: So this is kind of minimalist, minimalist electro, and your other work is kind of minimalist classical music. Where did your love of minimalism come from then?
2: Um, I don't know where it comes from, I just was really attracted to it, um, you know, listening to uh, Aropart, Philip Glass, and, and and more composers who are in that genre. I, th- I think they they were able to say so much with so little, and that's just a delicate art form, and and that's kind of what fascinates me. Like the difficulty of it is what fascinates me, because um, it's very easy to scream, you know, obscenities, or you know, if we put that um, if, if we put that metaphor on it, like it's very easy to cry something out loud or or scream at someone, but it's, it's very hard to put on you know tell everything you want to say with just one sentence yeah. and and that's the art form it's the same as poetry and it's the same as, as beautiful writing you know it just like the ancient uh I, i'm a big fan of the or really intrigued by the ancient chinese writings which have uh got like these full stories in just three letters you know
0: you're talking about the dao de ching <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah yeah and uh, <laughs> um and i think minimalism is a similar thing you know you're trying to say a lot with using very few notes and that's very difficult to do and and yeah, yeah. I like I like the challenge <laughs> that's a
0: funny thing that you mentioned the Tao Te Ching because I was just reading a couple passages yesterday and there's, they've got this the Tao and to accord with the Tao is to kind of not force things and to not put in all this effort and to not categorize and and rip apart things but to let everything sort of flow together.
2: Exactly and I like how, how, how broad every definition is you know and and it's in a way it's it, at, you know also probably in, in music you know it it's very open to interpretation and when you manage to capture something with such few expressions when you manage to capture something which can touch a person in such a deep way I think that's you know, then you're, uh, then you've been really successful.
0: Let's take looped.
2: Oh wow, yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot. We're <laughs> talking about techno. <laughs> we went into classical minimalism there, and now we play a techno song. Cool. You know what? <laughs> but I feel like
0: you know, looped. You got to hear this. It's a great song. It's by Kaiasmos. collaboration between Janis Rasmussen from Blood Group and my guest on Out of the Box today, Olafur Arnalds. Two out of the box on FBI 94.5 with me, Ash Bertabez, and my guest today, Olaf Arnolds, who is from Iceland. He is a multi-instrumentalist and composer and producer and really good at all of the above, as evidenced by our... Essentially our special today on Oliver, usually we don't have musicians on this show, not because we don't like musicians, but because we've got a whole radio station dedicated to musicians. But I feel like an hour is probably a good amount of time to have a little bit of a glance at the past few years of your musical life, Oliver.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't cover much, actually, in yeah. an hour. So <laughs> <coughs> okay, cool. So, we'll
0: just uh, stay here for 24 hours. Yeah, I know you yeah. haven't slept in the past 24 hours, but um, that's yeah, what that's what we that, can do. We can just kind of... That will be something. Yeah, hunker down and, and... We might
2: get through half of my catalogue. Totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of music. So, you, yeah, you are from Iceland, like I said, and if anyone knows me, which is statistically unlikely, um, you know I love Iceland, and I'm one of those weird people that I'm sure you get in Iceland a lot that kind of have a strange obsession, which doesn't happen yes. to a lot of countries in the way that it happens they to Iceland. They
2: are very weird people. Strangely
0: Street- <laughs> <laughs> say, glaring <laughs> at me across the table. No, but truly, you've got these people who, who go there on what seem to be these kind of almost spiritual pilgrimages to we, art. We and... call them
2: Icelandophiles.
0: Where in Iceland exactly from this little little town, right?
2: Um, it's basically Reykjavik. It's just a suburb. It's called It's uh, It's connected to Reykjavik.
0: Yeah, cool. And what do people know Mosfellspyr for?
2: Nothing. Well, cigars they're from there too. Yeah. <laughs> Their studio. Actually,
0: there. They, yeah, they the studio, yeah. which is uh, yeah. Sundlaug.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was just in my street, actually. Actually, in the street. Doesn't
0: doesn't Sundlaug mean like swimming pool?
2: Yeah, it was an old swimming pool. It was the old. Um, so every town in Iceland has, or any every municipality has a swimming pool, or every neighborhood needs to have a swimming pool. It's some kind of a law they have. Um, <laughs> it's true, it's a law. And this was the old one in my town. Um, I don't know, they ended the use of it in like the late 80s or early 90s. Um, and yeah, they converted it into a studio.
0: And so, apart from that, you've got Haldor Laxness is from.
2: Yeah, he's also from Oslo. He's our only Nobel Prize winner <laughs> for <laughs> that's literature.
0: That's fine, for, for a suburb that small. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good, actually. that small, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Done pretty well. Yeah, he wrote uh, Independent People, which got the Nobel Prize in literature in the 80s sometime. My Um, sister was his caretaker. Really? You're kidding. (laughs) No. I didn't know him, but she took care of him uh, until he died.
0: Wow. That's a cool, interesting little little life story. (laughs) Actually, speaking of people who are kind of famous that you're semi-related to or whatever... All of Arnold's, um, my not, to, not to be confused no. with all of Arnold's, is your cousin. Um, do you guys have anything in common musically? Like, have you ever jammed together?
2: Yes, a lot. Really? Um, we do that at my family, like at Christmas and stuff. Christmas is basically just musical jams in my family. So, um, that's kind of fun. She's fun to jam around with because she's very spontaneous and she has a great voice. I can't really sing, so um, she's a good partner to have in musical jams. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and was part of Icelandic band uh, Moom for yeah. a while. Yeah, It kind of sounds like a bit of a cliche now probably to you, but really emotional music. I mean, a lot of very, very emotional um, driving, grand music comes from Iceland. And I was wondering whether you actually get a lot of people um, getting in contact with you, because you make yourself very available through the internet, um, people getting in contact with you and, and saying how your music might have affected them.
2: Yeah, I, I get that quite a lot. But you know, the thing is, um, in the in the last year or so, like my fan base has grown quite a lot and I stopped being able to uh, answer people. And then I started feeling bad about the messages I was getting because I didn't have the time to answer them all. So actually, uh, I, I make myself a little bit less available now because I don't want to be the guy who tells you like hey feel free to send me a message or an email that doesn't get back to you <laughs> but yeah I get some really amazing stories from a lot of people yeah. wh- whose life has been affected by music and and if we think about it like my my life has been hugely affected by bands in, when I was younger and and still it's
0: that's the premise of this entire show yeah, yeah. <laughs> and can you think of any examples of people who who've gotten in touch with you with kind of I guess amazing stories of how your music has touched them
2: yeah well there's always one that I remember, especially because it was quite early on. Um, I had played that show in in Sweden. I think it was in Stockholm. And after the show, I had a flight back home, overnight flight. So I was going pretty much to the airport straight after the show. And I checked my email at the airport. And I had this long email from someone who was at the show who said, um, like, exactly a year before uh, she had, she was manic depressive, or still was probably, but... Um exactly a year before she had um attempted suicide, and she, it didn't work, and she ended up in a hospital um pumping pills out of her and and she was kind of angry that you know it didn't work see what she couldn't wait to get out of the hospital and just do it again and do it properly that time and then they kept her in the hospital for a week or so and and uh, one day her friend brought an iPod to the hospital and you know, just to keep her occupied, hey, here's some music, listen to this and she she put it on, she didn't had no idea who I was, but was curious, saw a funny name <laughs> in there, and put on a song, and she described to me in this most beautiful way how that moment when she heard that the first major chord of that song um just, you know it's it's not really about me or my music necessarily, it's just the moment where everything kind of fits together, and that's the beauty of it all. Uh, she just suddenly had this like, wait, life is worth living moment, and you, you know, it, and it, I I really don't think it's to say that my music has that healing power. It just music has that power when it comes to to you at the right moment in the right space in the right mindset. It can really change you, or or facilitate change in your brain, uh, and I think there's even physical research to show that, you know. And uh, she decided to turn her life around and. A ye- exactly a year after this I was playing in Sweden in her town um, so she felt like she should write me this email on her one-year anniversary of her basically her healing and she told me that at that point she was already working with an organization helping people with manic disorder, uh, depressive disorder
0: and I guess it's kind of fitting then if we're gonna play near light yeah <laughs> so why did you want to pick near light out of all of them
2: it's one of my favorites and it's a song that it's always really close to me. We always play it live and we you know, it's it's one of the more popular ones. So it's it's just something that comes to mind very quickly when I think about my songs.
0: Meet people through their music on FBI. there was A2, Oliver Arnolds and Nils Frum, who, according to a Berlin billboard, it says Oliver Arnolds and Nils Fromm are friends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that that? great? (laughs) (laughs) Did
0: you put that there?
2: Yes, and in New York and London as well. It's all over the world, (laughs) (laughs) these huge billboards.
0: Trying to publicly announce your friendship.
2: We just love spending money on bullshit. (laughs) 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 No, it's it's a part of a campaign for this... uh, Collaborated works album that we're doing right now um, which consists of uh, basically three different or even four different uh, eps um it's which we released in 2011 and loon which just came out uh, life story low and glory which came out like a month ago and then this film that we did an improvisational film called transference which is where Billboard comes from.
0: Yeah, and I saw I saw Trans Friends the other day. I, I only just found it recently, and it's amazing. It's basically kind of like a marathon, I, I guess, jam session?
2: Yeah, it's basically a jam session, just an improvisation. Um, we were only planning to record one or two songs, actually, but we just kept on going through the night until like 5 a.m. and had seven songs.
0: Do you find that's how you work best? Because I kind of want to know about, you know, like, what are your conditions of of writing music?
2: Um, The best stuff happens when you just don't think about it, like we did there. You feel comfortable and you feel creative and you are in good company or not alone. Just improvise and things will happen. Sometimes they don't, sometimes it's shit, sometimes it's good. (laughs) That night it was pretty good, most of it.
0: So there's no conditions for creativity, just in case anyone's listening and they're kind of like, I want to know how he does it.
2: (laughs) Well, of course there is. I mean, you have to feel right and you have to be in the right environment and, you know, simple things as mood lighting, you know, it's, but, and of course just being in the, I think the most important thing is to be in the right state of mind where you're open to ideas, where you're not nervous or restricting yourself. You need to be able to let go and be unafraid of making mistakes and, um, I think that's the most important thing, to accept that not everything will be great. And just be able to pick the good things out.
0: I kind of want to talk to you about synthesizers, mostly because my boyfriend will thank me. Um, what's <laughs> your favorite synthesizer at the moment and why?
2: Uh, Korg PS3100, uh, which is the polyphonic Korg, uh, which we actually used for this next song, for. Um It is a... Uh, Well, it's basically the only real polyphonic synthesizer ever made because it has a dedicated oscillator, which is what makes the sound in the synthesizer for every single note on the synthesizer.
0: What makes a synthesizer polyphonic?
2: Well, well, a polyphonic means you can play many notes at the same time. Monophonic, you can only play one note at the same time. So early on, all synthesizers were monophonic because, you know, to build a polyphonic one would have been a ridiculous achievement in that time. And then... Later, they discovered a technique where they could divide one oscillator into many voices. But that's kind of a cheat. So this Quark is the only... I think they made it before they discovered that they could really divide this stuff. So they actually put an oscillator, which is the sound generator, basically, uh, onto every note of of the synthesizer. So every note has an individual signal generator, basically. Um, which makes it amazing because when you play a chord of five notes, you have basically like you're playing five synthesizers and the sound is just huge. So this next song, uh, 4 is actually um, just made with that synth and nothing else, but it sounds like an orchestra, you know.
0: an extra special episode of Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. My name's Ash Berdebez. My guest for the past hour has been Oliver Arnold's. And that was a track called Four from his collaboration with German artist Nils Fromm. And you were saying that you've kind of perfected that one sound throughout the entire song.
2: Yeah, well, most of these these songs, at least on, on Loon, that record, which that song is on, is, they're all just made from one or two elements. And... And then we just spend our time perfecting that one element instead of adding ten others, you know, Um, which I find to be a very interesting way of working.
0: Yeah. Are you a perfectionist then?
2: I am, but I don't want to (laughs) be. But I can't deny that I am. But I think uh, perfection is is not necessarily a good thing, and I Mm -hmm. try to avoid it. I try to work with spontaneity and just capturing a moment. I find that much more interesting than... And to work for weeks on something and making it absolutely perfect with no mistakes because where's the humanity in that? We're not perfect, so why should our music be? All these mistakes that we make, and you know, that's where you get the real music, actually.
0: You are here to do a show at the Sydney Opera House, which is awesome, and it's called Graphics. So you're going to be having you're going to be having something extra special happening during
2: yeah, the show. Yeah, actually, a lot of extra things are happening on this show. Uh, we're working with. Uh, Uh, local chamber orchestra uh, 13-piece with woodwinds and everything that I usually don't work that much with and I've uh, uh, I've got the help of a good friend Victor Arnason who has been rearranging a lot of my old songs for this setup for only this occasion so it's a totally one-off thing actually commissioned by Graphic Festival and then in addition to that we've commissioned uh, also totally one-off exclusive uh, visuals from another collaborator of mine, Maunicek Fuson, who's a a video maker.
0: That is happening this Saturday at the Sydney Opera House. Tickets are available from the site.
2: Yeah, there's a few tickets available. I think there's only, at this point, there's like 200 left, which is not a lot.
0: Tickets are from 49 Crowns. Uh, Jump on that stat if you want to go, because they're drying up real quick. And now we've got time for one last song on Out of the Box today from Chiasmus, who you, you're touring at the moment now. Yes,
2: yeah. um, actually this Opera House show just kind of fit perfectly into the Chiasmus tour and that's why we were able to do this Opera House show. Uh, we've been doing all the major cities of Australia over the last week. Um, and We have now Adelaide and Melbourne left and then I come back to Sydney for the Opera House show.
0: So there's no Chiasmus in Sydney?
2: No, we tried. For but, shame. Um, yeah, we, we actually <laughs> tried. but um,
0: You can do a gig at my house
2: yeah sure (laughs) today let's do it
0: (laughs) i think you need to sleep a bit first
2: yeah maybe all
0: right well in that case let's take this track bent from chiasmos thank you so much oliver for coming on the show today it's been really special thank you
2: thank you